Hey everyone, we finally have podcast subscriptions. Get exclusive subscribers-only podcasts with interviews, our personal opinions on current events, and coming soon, early access to our public releases for only $6.99 a month. Subscribe on Anchor right now. I'm Scott Dworkin, and you're listening to The Dworkin Report. My special guest today is Billie Jean Winner Davis, whose daughter Reality spent years in federal prison for revealing Russia's cyber attack on America's election in 2016. This is her first public interview after Reality Winner's freedom from incarceration. And when you listen to our discussion, Billie's anguish and patience will jump through your headphones. What an unimaginable situation to be in. Your child unexpectedly caught in the web of a media firestorm and national politics dragging you into the situation as her advocate and protector. Well, for her, it's a reality. Reality's mom shared some of her frustrations, several of her hopes, shots of her wisdom, and situations she personally experienced through years marked by the most unexpected events and recently punctuated by her reunion with her daughter. And what did Reality Winner release? She told the truth to Americans about what America's government knew about the attack on American democracy. Her mother is still dealing with the consequences. Billy's daughter still remains under carceral control with an ankle bracelet and a very active probation, even though there's a 0% chance she will reoffend after spending one of the longest sentences ever served for leaking a public record. But she hasn't given up hope on getting a presidential commutation or pardon of sentence, even though the pardon's attorney office is filled to the brim with other requests. And that's why she made an impassioned plea to President Biden during our conversation. Please take a listen. I'm here with Billie Jean Winner Davis. Her daughter, Reality Winner, just got released from federal prison after releasing one of the most important revelations of the last five years. Billie, thank you so much for joining me on the program today. How are you? I'm good, and thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's been a, a, a rough go of it, obviously. Um, and, and I want you know the people to understand where you're coming from and who you are. And, and uh, I'd like to start by asking you, did you ever think your daughter would maybe land in the center of a national electoral politics uh, until it happened? Never, ever would I have imagined... Um, being in this world, I just, you know, this is not something that I would have ever imagined our family being in the midst of. And it was just so like, it's been, it was quick. It's yeah. been very unreal. Yeah. So like, it, let's say the, the day that she, um, was, when she was questioned by the FBI, was she arrested that same day? Yes, she was. Reality was interrogated in her home in Augusta, Georgia on June 3rd, 2017. And she actually called my husband while the FBI agents were there and gave them the phone so that they could explain to my husband that she was actually being taken into custody that night. And after that, we had to wait. It was probably about two hours later when she was able to call us after she had been booked into the jail and she was able to call us to let us know where she was. And, you know, just the, the basic things. And so, yes, it was, it was extremely quick and it was extremely, you know, um, something that took us by surprise. We weren't expecting. And did you know, like she was working in 
sort of like this environment? I mean, obviously with the background that she has, um, you know, it's not totally surprising that she would work with something that, um, that's like that. But like, um, were you surprised that she had that much, uh, information or knowledge that was so important toward, towards the world, especially America? Yes, that was really surprising. You know, Reality joined the Air Force right out of high school, and she served six years. And I knew that she worked at the NSA. She worked at the NSA in Maryland at Fort Meade. And then she also did, um, you know, a deployment at Fort Gordon in Georgia. And so I knew that she worked at the NSA, but I really didn't have any kind of understanding what my daughter did during her term in the Air Force. And then when she was discharged from the Air Force, she took a job with a private company at the NSA uh, at Fort Gordon in Augusta, Georgia. Again, she never discussed with us what she did or what she had access to. You know, we didn't know what she did, you know, for her job. And then when she was arrested, again, the information about her arrest that she was able to share with us, that the FBI agents were able to share with us was very vague. So even we had no idea what she was being charged with, what she, what they were you know, saying that she did. We had no idea. And in fact, my husband and I traveled to Georgia. We got in the car the very next morning. We drove straight through to Georgia so that we could be there at her very first appearance hearing that Monday. Um, I think it would be June 5th. Um, she had her very first appearance hearing. And at that appearance hearing, they actually were super vague about what she was being charged with. She was being charged with mishandling classified information. That was it. So we walked out of that courtroom still not knowing what my daughter was being accused of. It wasn't until we were sent the United States press release information of what we you know, what they were accusing her of. That's when we first were told by a press release that she was being charged with releasing this information about election interference by Russia. And in my mind at that point, I felt like this couldn't be true. This couldn't be right because my daughter specialized in Middle Eastern languages in Middle Eastern, um, you know, information. And that's what she did. So I felt reassured at that moment that this couldn't be true because there's no way that my daughter would have access to anything that dealt with Russian election interference. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Right. And as a, as a, as a mom, um, what was it like, I guess, the last few years uh, spending this much time having to advocate for your daughter and fight for her to, to, to be released? I felt like I had to because the narrative that was put out there by our government was very twisted. 
they, you know, they portrayed my daughter as a Taliban sympathizer. They portrayed her as someone who was going to, you know, join the Taliban and destroy America. They put out the most ugly information about her and no one else was going to tell her story because she was gagged. Her attorneys were gagged. And so it was, it was my job as her mom to tell the other story, to tell the good about reality and to let America know that she's not somebody who is going to destroy America, you know, and also Somebody had to tell the truth here. What reality released was in our best interest. Reality released information to us that our government was hiding from us. You know, we had a president in the White House who was trying to tell us that the Russian election interference was a hoax. And he may have gotten away with that if my daughter had not released this concrete proof, this proof from our intel agencies that Russia had actually tried to get into our voting systems to change our voting registrations, to change our vote. You know, if she had not released this information, would we have ever known it? Why, in your opinion, did reality release information um, like, you know, it's not from, from what I've investigated, it's not sinister in any means whatsoever. It was more of a informative, like they're being lied to and Americans shouldn't be lied to by their president and by the administration and whatnot. Um, so as a whistleblower, it seems like she came forward and she didn't release it to be like damaging to the United States. From what I see, it seems like she was trying to help us in the best way possible. Do you agree? I agree. Exactly. You know, and that's another thing, you know, they portrayed her as um, they, they charged her and convicted her under the Espionage Act. That in and of itself says that they were looking to destroy her character and to tell the American people that what she did was sinister. What she did was against America. But really break it down. What did Reality Winner do? Reality Winner mailed anonymously proof of an attack on our voting systems, an attack on our democracy to an outlet so that it could be public information. That to me is not espionage. She didn't work with any foreign agencies to do anything to hurt our country. Right. And it, it was uh, for me as a person who was helping lead investigations into the Russian interference and into Donald's Russian ties. I, I can tell you that it was helpful and it was confirmation in, in regards to what we had been thinking along the, along the lines. And then eventually they released full reports, which was more expanded and whatnot. Um, but we really had to drag it out of them because uh, Donald had decades of Russian ties where he'd done hundreds of millions of dollars worth of transactions with different Russians over the years. Um, and businesses. And, and so like, uh, it just was, it was very interesting. And I'll tell you, uh, it was not when, when reality got in trouble, it was the, it backfired, I think, because it made people like me work like 10 times harder on the story and figure out, okay, why, what are they trying to bury here? 
And the extent that we see now, it was an attack on the United States of America that should be traded like a 9-11 on our elections. Um, and so I think in history, when we look back on this, that reality winner will be uh, noted as a, one of the greatest patriots that we've known of our, our time. Um, and it, what she's done has been a great service to our country. Um, you know, what, what was the one thing, like, let's say over the last few years, has there been one thing that's given you uh, a lot of hope over the last few years? The support that we have received from everywhere um, around the globe. We've received support on social media and people reaching out to reality in prison, reaching out to our family, reaching out to our group um, to let us know that they believe, like you said, that she's a patriot and that what she did was necessary and that she didn't deserve what our government did to her. That's what's given me support and hope and given me the energy through these last four years to continue the fight for her. Uh, Reality chose to release the crucially important information about America's election security, The Intercept. Ultimately, Glenn Greenwald admitted they committed a quote-unquote deeply embarrassing newsroom failure, and that's how she got burned as a source. If you could say something to him or the people who kept their jobs at The Intercept, what would that be? Glenn Greenwald is, I mean, he's hard to figure out. He likes to use reality to create, you know, a social media storm, but that's what he's doing. He's using her. I wish that he would just stop. Um, you know, I, I have gotten so much support from people from The Intercept and from First Look Media who have reached out to me personally who have expressed, you know, their regret about what happened to reality and who have expressed their um, support for her and for our family. Glenn, Glenn Greenwood is not one of those people, and I just wish that he would go away. Understood. Yeah, we're not the best of friends either, um, you know, because there were difference of opinions. The head of CISA, the Homeland Security Department's cybersecurity agency, said that the last election was safe and secure. How much of that do you think had to do with your daughter's extraordinary revelation of the threat uh, election officials face and their reaction to the, the, that becoming knowledge? Were you surprised that uh, Trump and his allies had such negative backlash against it and went against an, an American veteran so hard like reality? Surprised? No. Um, you know, and to backtrack, you know, yes, reality, I believe that reality's actions in releasing this document did work to making our elections going forward more secure. You know, the FEC was the very first one to tweet out hashtag reality winner because the FEC was not even made aware by our intelligence communities about the threat to the election systems. The states that were compromised were not told about the vulnerabilities and about these threats to them. And so her document, that release, you know, put everybody on notice saying, hey, this is a possibility. You know, we don't even know if they were successful in getting in and changing any of the information, the registrations or the votes themselves. We don't know that for sure. But definitely the release made us more secure because it woke us up and it, it 
It alerted the people who needed to be alerted so that they could work to making 2020 more secure. Um, you know, with regard to the Trump administration's, you know, treatment of my daughter, it was shameful. I was not surprised in any way because of the nature of the presidency, of the administration, of all of the truly shameful things that they did. You know, the children in cages separating families, just, you know, the horrendous things that we saw on Twitter um, from that president and from that administration. But Definitely, yes, the treatment of Reality Winner is something that will also go down in history as being shameful from that administration. You know, the, the denial of bail, you just look at that. You look at why was Reality Winner denied bail? Why was she not allowed to work on a defense to defend herself from the cruel espionage charges? You know, why was she treated so horrendously, you know, she released a single document that was in our best interest. And we could compare her to a multitude of actors from that administration who did so much worse, who actually conspired and worked with Russians, who took Russian money. You know, it's just, it's horrendous. It, it's just, it doesn't, surprise me, but it is so hurtful that our government was able to get away with this and that even now today, nobody is sticking up for reality winner, you know, within our government. I can't get an American uh, congressperson representative to speak on her behalf to step up to the plate to say what was done to her was harsh, it was cruel, it was uncalled for. That's all that I've been asking for from my representatives, and I can't get them to answer me. I can't even get them to meet with me. And that, to me, is also shameful. Should uh, folks that are listening right now, should they fe- reach out to their reps to see if uh, um, you know, they're willing to meet about this? Yes, absolutely. And there are hundreds of people out there who have told me that they have written to their representatives. You know, we've gotten the form letters and we've gotten the, you know, rejection letters. You know, basically myself, I get what I get is we can't intervene on another branch's jurisdiction. And so we're going to, you know, uh, tell you to reach out to this, you know, this department. You know, the same department that basically has been keeping my daughter a prisoner, that's the department that they want me to work with, which I can't get anywhere with them either. It's like a few years ago, I broke my phone or something. I called the insurance company. The insurance company is like, oh, call the phone company. Phone company is like, call the insurance company. And both of them say, we're not to blame for this. Uh, uh, So with what do you think, uh, why would they be afraid to meet uh, about it, uh, why would a rep be be? Is it just the easy way out to just deny and be like, well, that way I don't have to deal with it? Because it really is a terrible excuse to to act like, oh, jurist, no, 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 because uh, this is an American veteran, and so there should be representation. You can at least talk about it. You can say, I can't talk about 
the court case, but I can talk about like what's happening here. Like, you know, you can specify it like that. And it just seems like people are afraid because they, they're like, well, that, that would, that would be, you know, that could be problematic to me and I got to get reelected. I mean, it really just doesn't seem like the, it seems like the, the reps that should be meeting or whatnot, maybe haven't been contacted about it or asked about it directly. And maybe staff responded in a different way. But like, um, when, when people do reach out to their reps, it, let's say that somebody's friends with a, a representative or whatever, what should they say to them? They should say to them that reality winner did a service to our country. She, she did break the law. She did violate her oath, but she didn't deserve what happened to her. She didn't, she hasn't, she didn't deserve what's still happening to her. We're asking for clemency for reality winner. You know, the pardon attorney's office has her petition for clemency on file, but it's buried in a stack of thousands of other petitions for clemency. If a representative would take interest in her case and ask the pardon attorney about her petition for clemency and bring it to their attention and bring it to the attention of the president you know, things could change. I believe that my daughter deserves that acknowledgement. You know, reality was released from federal prison, as you said, on June 2nd of this year, but she's still not free. She still has to serve out her prison term. She may be doing it in another environment, a better environment for sure, but she still is not free. And she really does deserve the acknowledgement of our government that what she did was in our best interest. And what what does that entail? Just so people know federal custody, like what's her day, like what's her life like right now after being released, Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like she's, she's been completely released at all. Um, just moved houses and it's not a penitentiary, Uh, but like what, what is the living environment now like her uh, for her? So on June 2nd, she was released from the federal prison. My husband and I were able to pick her up and our family transported her to a halfway house in South Texas. She spent one week at the halfway house, um, basically going through, I guess, the entry re-entry process or I don't know what it is. So and my husband and I had to agree to terms for her to be released into our custody. So she's released here to our home. She wears an ankle monitor, so she's not allowed to go outside the parameters that are set for her, um, I guess, her living environment. So she can't leave a certain portion of our property. She can't even go to, you know, the full length of our property because that would be giving her too much freedom. You know, so she can't walk beyond, you know, a certain area of our yard or her monitor goes off and she immediately has to go back within the parameter. She immediately has to call the halfway house. They're going to check the GPS. She can't even go swimming in our swimming pool because of the ankle monitor. It can't be submersed. Um, And so they expect her to get a job But, of course, she can't leave without permission. In order to leave our property with permission, she has to submit a request three days in advance. 
And of course, they give her all kinds of um, issues about it. So this last Wednesday, she actually had her very first pass where she was able to leave our property to go grocery shopping. And when she called to let them know that she was getting ready to leave the property, they, of course, couldn't find or verify her pass. So they play all these games with you, you know, and they they constantly create the anxiety. They call her at all times of the day or night, and she must answer the phone. Even though she has this ankle monitor, they have GPS, they know exactly where she is. If she doesn't answer her phone, that would be a violation of her terms because her terms say that she must answer the phone at all times of the day or night. So if she's in the shower and she doesn't hear it ring, you know, that's going to give her a charge, which could send her either back to the halfway house or back to prison. You know, every little thing is meant to keep her totally on edge at all times, fear of going back to prison. So that's how she's living her day-to-day life right now. Um, the fear is there. This morning they called and they basically said, you have until this time to report to the halfway house for a drug test. My daughter doesn't use alcohol or drugs. She didn't before her arrest. She doesn't now. But yet that's the terms, you know, because you've got to be treated just like every other felon out there. You've got to be treated less than. So, you know, after you and I are done with our talk here, I need to transport her 60 miles away to get a drug test. And of course, that creates anxiety for her because my husband, my husband and I both work. So if I had been at work today, she would have to figure out which one of us can leave our jobs to come and transport her because she's not been cleared to drive yet either. Even though she has a valid driver's license, they haven't cleared her to drive. You know, every single step in this process is meant to keep her less than. My daughter was offered a job, you know, before she was released from prison, and it's a good job, but they had an issue with it because it's not, it's a job where she gets to work from home on her computer. And they didn't like that because she's not reporting to a place of employment where they can monitor her. Yet, They haven't approved her. Again, go back. They haven't approved her to drive. She has to ask for a pass to leave this environment three days in advance. So how is she supposed to actually go to work? You know, um, they, they create these systems that just all they do is create fear and anxiety for her. And my daughter's lucky because she has our support. And we also have support from our neighbors who are willing to help out at any moment. Other people are not this fortunate, you know, so you you just keep going on. The system is meant to fail them at every single step. You know, she's not going to fail because she has our support and the support of others. And she has resources available to her. But the entire system I need for Americans to to hear that this system is set up to do one thing. It's set up to fail them. It's set up to send them back to prison. You know, um, luckily, you know, I want to go back to the job. It took three weeks for them to 
finally approve this employment for reality. So she will start next week at a job. But the other day, they actually called her to let her know that they were not going to approve this job because they cold called her employer and her employer didn't answer. Well, that's not her fault. Um, it's yeah. And, and her, and her again, voice is her voice. Not again. even her employer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they haven't approved it, but right. he was supposed to answer his phone. Oh yeah. Cause they called from a random number and I do that never. Um, where I pick it up if I don't know the number, especially on my cell phone or even on office phone. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and but so. at least she has her voice, right? Like she can tweet, she can talk to all the press that she needs to, because I'm sure hundreds of press requests, you know. Um, so to get her story straight and out there, because the because everything's over, so she can talk to me, she can talk to everybody else, right? No, no, absolutely not. Um, Why? She is not. She is not allowed to have any social media apps whatsoever on her computer or her phone. They installed an app on her phone so that they can monitor her phone at all times. She is not allowed to speak out on any public interviews as of right now. Why? Because she is still in the custody of the Federal Bureau of Prisons and they have restricted her from speaking. So how would they be able to, how would, how would that be able to be changed? She needs clemency. She needs for President Biden to say she has served her time. Her sentence is over. She is is done. She is no longer under supervision. She is no longer in the custody of the Bureau of Prisons. She needs clemency. I think that reality has served her time. She has suffered tremendously. She, I mean, I cannot even tell you the horrors that she has suffered under since her incarceration in 2017. Um, we are asking for President Biden to just commute her sentence. All he has to do is sign her clemency petition and say she has served her sentence. She's done. You know, no more, no more horrors, no more fear, no more anxiety, no more restrictions, no more being less than, you know, because that's what she is. So a strike of a pen and it can be a over? A strike of a pen. A strike of a pen and it could be over. Hey, everyone. We finally have podcast subscriptions. Get exclusive subscribers-only podcasts with interviews, our personal opinions on current events, and coming soon, early access to our public releases for only $6.99 a month. Subscribe on Anchor right now. What what does President Biden think about Reality Winner from what you've seen or what you know? I've only received a form letter that was signed by his staff telling me that they were not going to consider my ask, that they were going to refer me to another government department, which, you know, I received an email from that government department, but it doesn't help. The ask was to meet with the president or staff for, you know, about, about everything? I've, I've asked to meet with them. I've asked to talk with them. I've asked that they just look at her clemency petition if they don't have time to meet with me. Right. And it, it just seems like, you know, with everything going on, I thought it would be great if he did it, you know, after his meeting with Putin. Um, like it, it just, 
It makes a lot of sense. I, I think people don't understand, like, if you add things up and you look at the gas crisis we had, and you look at our infrastructure getting hit, and it's all coming from Russia for the most part, um, you know, this, these are things that we've expected for years, uh, but we did not prepare ourselves for. And so it's there's a lot of people who uh, it seems like, well, he, you know, we're not sure about, well, you know, what if there's other stuff or what if she still got contacts with other governments? She didn't have foreign contact like with any governments and she never tried to do anything else on the back end. Is that correct? That's correct. And she I mean, never tried to sell they, the document. She never tried yeah, to anything like that. She had no. She has no contacts with anybody from a foreign agency at all. She never did. You know, so that's why you know it angers me also that she is going to have to live the rest of her life under this uh, espionage act, this espionage charge. You know, to live her life under that. Um, that's horrendous. And that, I guess, will take a pardon, but that's another, uh, a whole nother process. Um, there's some way, you know, some time frames that need to be met before you can ask for a pardon. That's why we're asking for clemency right now. Just, you know, time served. Let her go, you know, because you've got to understand also, you know, her release date from prison is November 23rd of 2021. So until midnight on November 23rd, 2021, they can send her back to prison for any kind of act that they feel is a violation. So she's going to live under that until midnight of November 23rd, 2021. Once November 24th comes around, she still has a three-year supervised release federal probation term to go through where again, she's going to be supervised, she's going to be under the threat of a probation violation and prison time. So Reality Winner still has, you know, uh, three and a half years to some degree it's, to go through. That's, that's crazy. I mean, I, 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 it's just, uh, that seems like a lot. You know who just got three years probation? One of the insurrectionists. You know what I mean? Like, and like, if you want to balance that out, it was a woman who just kind of stepped in, took some pictures inside, but she was trespassing. She knew she wasn't supposed to be there. And it's just like, when you just said three years, that's what the sentence was for an insurrectionist who's a literal traitor. Right. And, and then you have a person who was, again, I'll, I'll say this very clearly. Like reality winner is a Patriot. Like I've looked at the case. I've looked at all the details. There's no back end to it. There's no like, Oh, well, what if she did that? No, no. They've examined every part of the case, every angle. It would have come out by now. They would have painted her as that. Uh, Trump administration would have definitely released that out. Um, she does not hate America. She has the vision of America like us, where we actually believe that has great potential, but d- does not have that great potential, it seems, obviously, under uh, you know a guise of like acting like we treat everybody the same. And we, uh, you know, especially veterans like there's got to be there's so much work she's done for our country there's got to be some credit for that and and i I know i understand okay there was this document but there's so many other people who have done so much worse that got away with it that did nothing no time um and so this just it's just like a continual sentence and again i think eventually we'll be uh thanking her as a country and and that will build um last question um you know, how are you doing 
you know, this seems to have taken over your entire life. Um, like how, how does this affect you as a, as a mom, as a person like this? Obviously you're an amazing mom cause you've had her back since day one. And like, this is plopped on your lap. You're like all of a sudden a public figure and it's not something you signed up for or whatever, but like, mad respect for you stepping up and just being like you know what i'm not gonna let this happen to my daughter Uh, i'm not gonna just sit on the sidelines because that was an easy easy option because there's so many forces against you at once and it's like um how are you feeling now like you know is there is there sort of momentum can you feel that or is it are you in a stall pattern or um and also what's next so okay yeah I don't feel like I had a choice. Um, I love my kids more than anything and I would lay down my life for them. And so this was not something that I even gave a second thought to as far as stepping in and fighting for her. And I do worry now that people know that she's released from prison, that people will stop fighting for her because she is in a better place. But I really, really need for people to hear that she's not free. And also, it hurts me deeply that she has gone through all of this and she earned her way out of prison and that our government, our leaders haven't thought enough of her, haven't given her that consideration to acknowledge her service to America to have stepped in yet to actually free her. And that's what I'm still going to fight for. That's what I'm still going to ask for is that President Biden, the U.S. pardon attorney, give her that consideration and acknowledge what she's done for our country and release her, free her. You know, to me, the principle of it, you know, it's going to be, a stain on America if my daughter serves out her entire sentence without that acknowledgement that she did, what she did was for the good of our country. Is there a way that people can help out? Is there a website that people can visit or anything they can donate to as well? Yes. um, You can go to standwithreality.org and that website has, um, all kinds of information as to how you can contact your representatives on behalf of reality and how you can sign her clemency petition. We have a petition out there urging Biden to um, grant her clemency at this time. So please go to standwithreality.org. The website will be in the episode's notes, standwithreality.org. Uh, Billie Jean Winner Davis, reality winner's mom, uh, really a pleasure i look forward to uh you know talking to 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 your daughter um the the other one sorry to be specific uh and then also uh uh, you know the third part in our series with uh your attorney but this is it really is eye-opening to see the uh you know you know this is a this is a human being and it's not being treated this way and the fact that uh you know democrats on our own party my, my party that is um you know, I think we need to step up and, and recognize, oh, like you guys have kind of turned a blind eye to this for a moment and we got to stop that like that. We can't have someone treated like this because I'll tell you what, 
It, it could have just as easily been me. It could have just as easily been Grant Stern. It could have just as easily been David Korn. Uh, the, the list goes on. Malcolm Nance, um, where, you know, it's it's people who had documents that were given to them or documents that they uncovered. Like I uncovered photos and videos of him in Russia and doing this. Again, the website standwithreality.org. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate uh, your patriotism and uh, everything your family's going through. I hope that uh, everybody uh, who's listening reaches out and, and sends their message of support. And also, um, what's the hashtag that you're using now to support reality? I'm using the hashtag clemency for reality. Awesome. Well, we will use that as well um, when we tweet out the episode and everything. So thank you again. I really appreciate your time. And uh, Oh, thank you so much. And yes, knowing that you've got my back means a lot. You can subscribe to our podcast at anchor.fm slash Dworkin Report. Thanks again to Billie Jean Winter Davis for taking the time. Thanks to our producer, Grant Stern. You can follow him at Grant Stern. Visit the website standwithreality.org to see how you can help reality. You can visit our website at dworkinreport.com. Thanks again for listening. Onward!